Next on BYU Sports Nation, expectations for BYU hoops based on the head coaching hire. How much does it vary depending on the guy? How do the Cougar coaching candidates stack up against the best of the West Coast Conference? And why is Brian Keel, former BYU and NFL football star, taking the BYU-Utah rivalry into the boxing ring? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're preparing for a Donnybrook. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 10th, wherever. However, you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the only meteorologist who can explain a Utah spring season, Jerem Jordan. Every year, I forget that it shall snow and the next day be 70 degrees. Yep. Or vice versa. 74 degrees. 74 degrees on Monday, and as you just mentioned, rain and snow mix as of last night. Isn't oh, it, it is great? One, it's wonderful. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup. Do your expectations for BYU basketball change depending on who is hired as the head coach? We're going to get into all of the details about that. Brian Keel, not only discussing his approaching boxing match, but his thoughts on the BYU linebacking core and why the Cougars and their program are able to place so many guys from that position in the league. Plus, Lauren Ellsworth has the fastest 800 meters in the NCAA right now. She joins us in 40 minutes. Jeremy, we're on pace for today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Former BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki has a private workout with the Miami Dolphins tomorrow. He's already met with the L.A. Rams this week. In his latest mock draft, ESPN's Mel Kuyper has Takitaki going in the third round to the Indianapolis Colts. He has shot up the boards, That's man. That's Mel Kuyper. Let's go. Yeah. Jimmer Fredat played 13 minutes for the Phoenix Suns last night. Did not score. Two assists, four rebounds in the Suns, 120-109. Lost to the Mavericks in Dirk Nowitzki's final home game. Jimmer had a plus seven, Jerem. The BYU baseball game last night against rival Utah canceled due to weather, but it probably helps the Cougars' RPI by not playing the game. Seriously. Right fielder Brock Hale has been selected as a finalist for the 2019 Senior Class Award. Hale is ninth among Division I players in slugging percentage and 10th in on-base percentage. BYU next host Pepperdine tomorrow at 8 Eastern. The game broadcast on BYU TV Digital, and you can listen on BYU Radio. Assuming the weather's good, right? Yeah. Yes. Yesterday's softball game in Logan against Utah State was also canceled due to weather. Was it weather, Jerem? Uh, something like that. The Cougars' home opener is Friday against Pacific. You can watch it, the doubleheader, live on BYU TV starting at 7 Eastern time. I like this pace. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Who's it going to be, BYU? Who's the next head basketball coach at Brigham Young University? And perhaps more importantly, will whoever BYU hires as the next head coach, Jerem, change your expectations for next season? No, it, do, it, it doesn't matter who the head coach is next year in terms of my expectations. They will be the same, the same which is we're going to give you a year to install systems, to get certain players here. Uh, and to establish kind of what's going to happen, the culture and whatnot. Maybe even two years, right? Um, I, I hope in the next three years that BYU is in the hunt for an NCAA tournament. We would like, I, I, I think my realistic goal with BYU in the NCAA tournament is once every four years, given where we're at. 
There was a stretch where BYU went eight in nine years. As an at-large. As an at-large, which is incredible, okay? As long as Gonzaga is Gonzaga, and St. Mary's has proven to be a top 40 program the last five to seven years now, um, if not more, it's going to be a tough uh, road to get into the NCAA tournament. So whoever comes in, there is some talent. I think BYU is an NIT team ne- next year. I think they could have been an NIT team, NIT team this year had they made a, a few, a few uh, you know, adjustments or things go their way in a few games and certain people do certain things. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't think you put in a certain person and I go, oh, it's way different than this person. I think there's a lot of uh, equality in terms of how good these potential coaches are. I know we've discussed the four most likely candidates ad nauseum, really, this week on BYU Sports Nation. But if you're not aware, let's remind you really quickly, Mark Pope, current coach at Utah Valley University in the mix, Barrett Peary at Portland State, Mark Madsen, Lakers assistant coach, and Quincy Lewis, who is the current interim coach for BYU Basketball and an assistant to Dave Rose most recently. Now, Jerem, I think of those four, if Mark Pope is the guy, i probably lean towards giving BYU a win or two more. I think any of the four would get BYU to 20 wins, though. And I've gone on record as of last week saying that I think BYU will win at least 20 games. It doesn't matter. It like, shall be 20 written. games, whoever the guy is, based on what's left in the cupboard, which is T.J. Haas, Gavin Baxter, Connor Harding, and Nick Emery. But what is Nick, Nick Emery? Emery? Hello? Okay. But, but TJ Haas alone as a senior point guard, first team All-West Coast Conference guy for two years now. Well, he was not on the first team, remember? Oh, he was the first team as a freshman. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Two years in the three that he's played, mm-hmm. he's been a first team. Wait, he wasn't a first team or two years ago. Are you sure? Yeah, he had an off year, remember? No, 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 no. As a freshman, he was a first-teamer. Yeah, he wasn't And twice. then last year, he was a first-teamer. So two out of three years. Not back-to-back, but two of the three years. Oh, I thought he had a year where he wasn't at sophomore year. But anyways. That, he, no, I'm telling you, that is correct. His okay. freshman and junior years. No, he was not first-team. Remember the drama? He was not first-team this last season. This, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay, second-teamer. Sorry. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation, first-team, all-West first Coast Conference. First-team talent. We yes. thought he would be there. Okay, okay. That's right. That's right. My apologies. Okay. The point is, the cupboard is not empty. Whoever inherits this team is going to be fine and win 20 games, but I I don't think we should expect more than 20 and a low seed in the NIT. To me, it's not about wins. It's about making the tourney or not. Okay? That is the point. Okay? You either make the tourney or you don't, because the amount of wins doesn't matter. Like, BYU racked up a lot of wins, and it was fun. Great regular seasons, never won the tournament title, but got to the NCAA tournament. I don't care how you get there, but that you get there. That's the point to me. So I ask you this. Which one of the potential candidates makes you feel most comfortable going head-to-head with Gonzaga's Mark Few and St. Mary's Randy Bennett? When it comes down to it, that's what we're really talking about, right? Because those two teams are going to be the forever powers in the West Coast Conference, especially led by those coaches. So, yeah, how do I feel about Mark Pope or Mark Madsen Coaching across the sideline from Mark Few and Randy Bennett. I'll tell you right now, if Mark Pope or Quincy Lewis is the guy, those two probably give BYU the best chance in a head-to-head matchup because Quincy has been on a staff that has beaten both of those guys, okay, for one. And I think Mark Pope has the savvy to recruit and uh, get a lot out of his guys. So I'd feel... Okay, definitely not comfortable, though. Is there anybody in the list that makes you feel comfortable? No. 
No, those guys are really good. I, I would say those are two of the top 30 coaches in the game. You could argue that Mark Few is the best coach in the game, perhaps. Top three, right? You put him right up there. Um, none of these coaches have coached a team that is as good as, as those teams, obviously Gonzaga, but BYU is not competing with Gonzaga. They're competing with St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga is going to win the league, and occasionally, uh, once in a uh, Gonzaga blue moon, will lose the tournament title to St. Mary's, right? Uh, perhaps the paradigm shift with BYU could be that the Cougars are a better team in Vegas. What, uh, Dave Rose did a lot of amazing things. One thing that didn't really come to fruition that I think he was hoping, we were all hoping, was success in Vegas. Mm-hmm. BYU played at mm-hmm. UNLV, and that was a, a stumbling block, right? Then when BYU had uh, the Jimmer, San Diego State was an equally good top 10 team, and BYU had lost all the ga- used all the gas in the tank without Brandon Davies the night before against New Mexico. Perhaps in Vegas, BYU becomes a better team and can compete better in that spot because that's what it's about. You win your league, you get in. You don't have to be in at-large and have this crazy non-conference schedule, load it up, see if you can get anyone to Provo. It's tougher now. So I think maybe that's where your focus could be of, okay, can we hit the bullseye once every couple of years in Vegas? St. Mary's did it, and they've done it twice in the last like six or seven years. Maybe try and match up with them in a way where you get into Vegas. But none of these uh, potential candidates have coached at this level against those guys on that level. So it's going to be new territory. I I look at Quincy Lewis as, yeah, he hasn't been the head coach, but he's been in the mix and he's won at Gonzaga and he's beaten St. Mary's multiple times, at least on the staff. So I I don't think that he would be super overwhelmed being the guy in charge. I'm not saying they would be, but... Do they stack up? No, none of them stack up because we haven't seen them as the head coach in league play multiple times. You know what's crazy about all this? BYU finally goes an entire regular season without losing one of those weird games, and it's the one year that BYU doesn't get into the NIT. Well, the weird game was in Vegas. They were down 44 to San Diego. That's wildly inconsistent (laughs) as BYU is. You look at beating St. Mary's in Utah State and then losing by 40 whatever it was, to It ended up being 27 or something, but they were down for Wow. On to football and happier news. Sione Takitaki projected to be the next BYU draft pick. In fact, Mel Kuyper of ESPN has him going in the third round to the Indianapolis Colts. I've seen him projected everywhere from the third round down to the sixth. I don't think that uh, Sione is pacing for day three. If anything, he's pacing for day two right now, which is awesome. That also takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Three of the last ten BYU NFL draft picks have been linebackers. It's about to be four of the last 11. Jerem, why is BYU having what seems like the most success of any position putting linebackers into the National Football League? It's a position that BYU can recruit. There are certain positions that are harder to recruit. Those are defensive backs, corners and safeties, right? But BYU can find good offensive linemen. They can find good tight ends, good linebackers. In fact, in 2015, former Cougar linebacker and defensive lineman Brady Papinga explained why. Well, if you look at the majority of the guys that uh, make up BYU football players, the majority of them are members of the faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a, B, uh, majority of us come from the mountainous region. And for whatever reason, a lot of these, com- we call them combo. So, and basically, we're just the, uh, the tweener combo, the, you know, 6-1 on the low end, the 6, maybe 5, 6-6 six, six on the high end, 225 pounds on the low end, the 270 pounds on the high end. 
those are guys that are very, I would say, uh, they, there's a high likelihood those kind of guys living in the mountains and being members of the church, they're going to make their way to BYU. Tradition there, and I agree with that ideology, by the way, of a certain body type in this region. I mean, that's expanding quite a bit. And with Kalani Satake, there's been an influx of more Polynesian players that don't necessarily fit that mold, right, but come in. And and I think linebacker is probably the position that BYU's had the most success putting in the league. It's not necessarily the one, though, as much as you'd think. In fact, there's 15 current players on NFL rosters. Three of those 15 are linebackers. Twelve players drafted since 06. Three linebackers, three running backs, by the way, as well. So it's not like head and shoulders better, um, and I don't think that it deserves the linebacker you uh, thing, but I, I think that linebacker – I think the thing that sticks out is it's been the draft picks, but it's been Alani Fua, Waniunga, and uh, David Nixon that have been these free agent types that have made a splash in the league. And, of course, Daniel Sorensen at safety, but he was a linebacker originally. This is decades upon decades of trend for BYU here, going all the way back to the 80s with Kurt Gavea and Leon White and into the 90s with Rob Morris and now into uh, this millennium with all the guys that you've talked about. Like it, it's so You're right. BYU, for what feels like forever, since the Lavelle era started, has been able to recruit high-performing linebackers that uh, in a lot of cases have gone on to compete in the NFL. Um, Offensive lineman was another one that BYU had a heyday with for about 20 years under Lavelle, and now that has kind of gone away. But, yeah, it's about uh, what fits your scheme and the type of personality that fits the program at BYU, and linebacker lines up with all of that hard-working, high-motor guy, Captain America never quits. The Cameron Jensen type personality fits at BYU better than any position or uh, as far as BYU football is concerned, it's perfectly molded for a guy like Cam Jensen or Kelly Papinga. Those are the Captain America guys that right. fit at BYU. Unfortunately, neither of those two like, didn't made go to a the splash league, in the league. Per they se, they but... had cups of postum, if you will. Um, yeah. I, I think they're, it's been a good position. I don't think it's like head and shoulders above a lot of the other positions. If you look historically, this is a quarterback school, right? Like, no question. Um, but recently, it is, it is a position of strength. I think some of the best leaders come as linebackers. Obviously, the middle linebacker is kind of the quarterback there. Sione Takitaki is a guy that's going to add to this group, we think, right? Who, because of injury and ineptitude, uh, switched from outside to middle linebacker and had a tremendous impact on that BYU defense this year. It's pretty cool to think about Kyle Van Noy, Fred Warner, and now Sione Takitaki all competing in the league. And if Sione is drafted as high as he's being projected, then he's in a position to compete right now in, in year number one. All former outside linebackers who have Moved switched inside. to the middle, which is interesting. So I'm wondering why they don't just play middle here. You know, it, it's, they, they're better at outside here? Well, they're like, probably the, needed on the outside at BYU yeah. just for leverage's sake. They... They don't have to do that in the league and uh, can make the transition. Wouldn't they be a better middle linebacker later if they played middle earlier? That's what I'm asking. No, that's a question for a coach, right? That's uh, schematically. Let's get more good players, then they can just play the middle linebacker (laughs) from the start. Our question of the day. Will who BYU hires as the next head basketball coach change your expectations for next season? How so? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. 
at Twiggy or Stone chiming in. I do not think my expectations will change based on the coach. I expect BYU to get back to the postseason. I think any good head coach should be able to do this with the current players. Well, postseason's what, the NIT? Yeah, sure. I feel the same way. With with what's left in the cupboard, BYU should win 20 games and get to the NIT next year. They should. They should. I I think the NIT is the minimum every year for this team. I I think it's okay to allow uh, a really off year, but not with this group that BYU has coming back. Now, we don't know if the new head coach is hired how that's going to affect some of the current players. I imagine that the main players from BYU would likely stay, but I don't know for sure. You know, like, I don't know if there's a certain coach that, uh, if I'm a player, I need to hear the scheme and go, okay, is this, I came here with a certain understanding. Is this going to still mesh with what I want out of this experience? Some people just want to be at BYU. Others want to be at BYU for certain reasons. Perhaps it was coach, schematics, a certain tradition, whatever. Uh, We'll see. I hope that everybody stays and that this team can add a piece or two that uh, will help them be the best they can be next year. All right, let's keep this thing rolling, baby. Coming up, Brian Keel is going to punch a Ute in the face. That sounds amazing. But really, why is he getting in the ring for a rivalry boxing match? Is it just so that it's legal to punch a Ute in the face? Wait, it's not? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. This is news to me. It is not. Someone. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU softball home opener is Friday on BYU TV against Pacific. I believe the ladies played 35, 36 road games before coming home. Watch the doubleheader on BYU TV or the app, 7 Eastern, Friday night. I would feel bad for them. They're going to places like Mexico and Southern California. Well, it depends where in Mexico. And Arizona. They went to Puerto Vallarta. So. Yeah, nice. it's... Uh... It's not too bad. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Basketball has sadly ended. I know we're in the middle of a coaching search for BYU, and we'll get into some details about that in just a minute, but it just feels better now that the countdown is on. Countdown to the youths. 141. 141 days away from BYU and Utah to open the season in Provo, Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, August 29th. Get your tickets now. You know what I think a lot of people want to do that day? Is punch a Ute in the face. And our next <laughs> guest is actually going to do that. <laughs> Brian Kill's here. Brian Kill. You're, you're, you're boxing against Utes. This is like the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully after it happens, it's still the best thing that, yeah, yeah. that you ever heard it's of. It's all legal, man. Yeah. It's all good. All legal. legal. Violence. Yes, it's good. <laughs> How did this come about, this BYU-Utah guys uh, boxing? So there's FitCon happens. It's been happening for, for years. Last couple of years, FitCon, I guess, has partnered with Legends Boxing, and they've done, they call it an executive fight night, and they get like business executives, and they train them for two months, <laughs> then throw them out there in the ring. So they've done it the last two years, and this year someone got the genius idea, let's do a Holy War component, get some former football players from the Utes and the Cougars, and so some guys asked if I would do it, and um, I, I, you know, it sounded fun when they first posed it, and then they mentioned that it came with two, two months of free training that I had. I've always wanted to do the training anyway, so sure. I was like, oh, I'm in, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So that's how it happened. What's the typical training session like for you? Uh, at, with this boxing? Yeah. So they're usually an hour 
and it's it's really high intensity. You you switch back and forth from the bags, and and you go you know you, you do floor routines, you do running, and you get your whole Rocky Creed, you know the whole cue, <laughs> cue the training montage music, and it's it's great. You know, I, when I come out of there, my shirt. Looks like I just jumped in a swimming pool. Wow. Like just, it is a fantastic workout. It seems yeah, like yeah. the hardest training there is, you know, when, when you look at all the training. How does this training compare to, you know, playing in the NFL, playing at BYU? It's just really different. Um, just a different type of movement, different type of, of exertion. And when you throw a lot of punches with full force rapidly, it really just depletes your energy stores. And th- so this fight that I'm doing, it's three one-minute rounds. What sounds like nothing. Oh, no, that's and forever. It's forever. Yeah. Like the first time I sparred and, you know, the bell rings and we're going and, you know, 30 seconds went by and I'm, I'm over there in the corner just gassed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's actually the biggest thing I've been working on is my wind because I, I figure like, you know, I'm, I'm a proud guy. I got a lot on the line here. I don't want to lose. And in such a short amount of time, you know, I'm picking up some actual boxing technique and stuff like that. But I figure the, the biggest competitive advantage that I can get is outlasting the guy. So that's kind of the biggest thing I've been working on. And you, you take on Boo Anderson, Andy Phillips against Riley Nelson. Yeah. That's fun. Hilarious. And then Sky Pove against Devontae Christopher. I don't know if that one's happened. I think, oh, okay. I think Sky actually caught a concussion. Oh. And so um, I, think, I think he had Just to drop two, out. Then. So I think it's I think I think they got somebody else to replace Sky, but yeah, it's it's Andy against against Riley. I actually sparred with Riley. And tough tough guy, dude. I yeah. was I was really was impressed. Was it gritty? He's super gritty, and it was funny because I thought you know there's kind of like different tempos that you do in the sparring, and each guy kind of you know sets the tempo, and then the other guy kind of matches what the other guy's doing. And you know anyway, he he came out a lot hotter than I thought he would want, because knowing that if you know he hits hard, I'm going to hit him hard. But he's Riley. He's a tough sob. So just it was it yes. was it was a great thing, and I, I think he's going to win. I think just don't really touch well. his hair, Brian. Is you he, touch is his he hair. Yeah. He doesn't like that. <laughs> Riley no Nelson. Yeah, I never. Well, Anchorman rules, right? No touching of the hair and face. Okay. And that's it. Well, I'm good because my hair is gone. So you, can, <laughs> you can rub it all you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brian Keel with us on BYU Sports Nation, former NFL and BYU linebacker, current standout, boxer. current boxer, getting ready for the Legends Boxing Event. Uh, I want to talk about uh, your BYU football brethren because we just discussed the linebacker position at BYU and all the success that it's had getting guys into the NFL, really going back uh, to the early 80s. You were part of this core, this specific linebacker core. Why is it that BYU has been able to place these guys in the NFL consistently? To be honest, like, I really don't know. It's just one of those anomalies that just happens. And I don't know if it's just the way we recruit or how we we draw certain types, you know, demographics, but... For whatever reason, um, we just get guys that can play at that position. And, and you're right. I mean, it goes goes back 30 years. Um, to, I, I wish I had a better answer than I don't know, but I honestly don't. I See, just, we, we it think it happens. deals with recruiting just because like, the mentality fits BYU. The linebacker mentality fits the this, this school. Brady Papenga said in 2015 when we played a bite that he thinks the Intermountain West has a lot of 6'2 to 6'5. Six five guys that are two twenty to two seventy, <laughs> and I, I think you know what I don't think that's crazy. I I actually think well Brady is crazy, <laughs> but I don't know if... <laughs> the demographics of who BYU is recruiting primarily. Yeah, true. Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints guys. I wouldn't right? argue against that. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't. That's. I think his guess is as good as anybody's, and sure. that, that very well might be it. And it's changing a little bit because with the Polynesian head coach, mm-hmm. there's more Polynesian players Coming just in, naturally. Yeah. Um, and now Sione Takitaki is the next chapter in this. Yeah. Another outside linebacker that's going to play middle 
in the NFL. We've yeah. seen that with a couple of guys now. And uh, Mel Kuyper today says he's a third-round pick to the Colts. Oh, so really? He shot up well, the boards. What do you I didn't think? know he went up that high. That's, that, that's, that's pretty news good, to right? me. I know. I knew his, his stock has been on the rise. He did a lot better at the combine than I expected him to do. Um, he ran better, and uh, obviously he's a good player. That that'd be fantastic. I mean, the, each round that you can go higher, it just sets your whole career up. It's, I mean, it just makes so it's such a big difference. So, what advice would you give Sione right now, knowing what he's going through? Oh, um, so the biggest thing that I wish that I had done better when I first came into the league um, was just kind of forget what you know and just accept what they're telling you, and you know, being a smarter guy and. You just kind of you, you get this. Well, I know better, and I know how I play, and I know what's good for me. And I look back at the early days of my career, and there's some things that I wish I would have done more. And one of them was just kind of forget the way that I played, and play the way they want you to play. And if I, I figured it out, but it took me too long. If I would have figured that out sooner, the early part of my career would have trajected better, and I think my whole career would have been better. How are you feeling about BYU football right now? Coming off of 7-6, and six, Zach Wilson kind of giving people some hope. Yeah. Utah first game, tough first four. It's, uh, so, I mean, this is maybe the best schedule that we've had, maybe ever. Definitely the best home schedule we've ever had. Ever, yes. Yeah, and yes. so it's really exciting. Um, fantastic signal caller. The guy's just a gamer. And so tons of hope because of what he's – especially the way he ended the season in that bowl game. And so, so I, you know, I'm, I don't have – my expectations aren't through the roof, but my hope is through the roof. Um, unfortunately, like that Utah game, just, you know, my, that's why my expectations are tempered. But I have all sorts of hope, and, you know, I, I, I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. I would, I would, I would kill for this schedule to, as a player. <laughs> would, you, would you punch a Ute in the face? I would punch yeah. all the Utes in the face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so while we look at what BYU is bringing back, specific at the linebacker position, Zane Anderson, Isaiah Kafusi, both coming up season-ending injuries and mm-hmm. surgeries, but uh, a lot of people are excited about what those guys can do because we have seen it. How do you yeah. feel about uh, those two leading the charge at the linebacker core? Yeah, really good players, um, really athletic, which kind of fits what BYU's had, super athletic. You know, that's the thing. You talked about the size, but the, the linebackers we've had have been super athletic, and those two guys are, are certainly fit the bill. Um, lots of potential with Zane. Obviously, he's super fast. Um, I, I'm not sure what his weight's at right now. I think that was one of the things that hurt him before was he's just a little undersized for position coming from safety. But super, super good football player and natural. And, and, um, and then Kafusi, he's a, a fellow Brighton Bengal, good dude. Um, Most improved player last year on the team. Oh, he came that- from, well... In my opinion, yeah, okay, from yeah. nowhere to yeah, somebody I mean, significant, and and not, yeah, not even significant. I mean, he was a, a game changer. And I, I honestly, I think if either him or other Kafusi doesn't get hurt, or especially both in that Utah game, I think we hold on to win. You know, in that game, it really hurt our defense losing those guys. And but yeah, he he is a difference maker and super athletic, good player. And yeah, the, I think those guys are going to carry that baton that's sure. been passed for for thirty years. You've also got Chaz Ayu coming up, so some excitement there for BYU as uh, they try and bolster that linebacker core. We asked the question to each other yesterday, if BYU started the season 1-3, and three, but the one win was against Utah, how would you feel about that? Every, every BYU fan in the world would be riding on top of the mountain. <laughs> like, so I, I've said this before, like for, for a decade, I was the guy that was like, yeah, 
you know, beating Utah is important, but it's not everything. I'd rather win 10 games and lose to Utah than lose all the games and beat Utah. I've said that forever, right? The time has changed. <laughs> you know, you, we all have our limits. We all, we all have, we all have our limits. You, you put, and I have been pushed to the brink. As this last game, this last year, where and I didn't allow myself to think we were going to win because I thought, oh, we'll find a way to screw this up. <laughs> and it wasn't until we scored again in the third quarter, like seven minutes to go, and we responded. Yes. We responded well, up twenty, and and we and we you know went forward on fourth down and had a fantastic play and scored. And the the ESPN you know game predictors was like ninety nine percent or something crazy like that ninety seven percent victory for BYU. It was at that point that I said, oh, "We got this." Maybe this is the year. Oh, and it just crushed my soul. <laughs> so anyway, losing losing eight in a row to them, like honestly, I'm at that point now where that's all I freaking care about. You got to win that game. Okay, look, look into this camera and and talk to the team. Which one? That one? Yes, as <laughs> that if that one it, as right if there it was game day against Utah. Right hey. You little jokers, okay? <laughs> there, th- this is what I want to tell you. This is, and someone pointed this out, and this like breaks my heart. This crushes my soul. There is a whole generation of BYU fan that is young that has never seen a victory over Utah. That is a tragedy for these kids. And I want, I want you guys to fix it. I wish I could do it. I can't. I'm old. I'm a has-been. I'm done. You guys can fix it. Game one. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go! Let's, yeah. let's go, baby! Let's punch you in the face. Let's go, baby! <laughs> let's do the countdown again. Let's go! Yes. Hit, it. Hit, it Hit it again! Hit it again! To the youths. One forty-one. Okay, I'm pumped. Yeah. What what day is this boxing match again? It's Saturday. This, this Saturday. This Saturday at at FitCon at the Salt Palace starts at six o'clock. Okay. Be there. Be square. Let's awesome. give you some karma for okay. the uh, yeah, boxing match. That's exactly what Riley and I have been talking to each other for two months now. <laughs> this is gonna be it. We're gonna steal our mojo back, and yeah. it's all gonna start yeah. on Saturday. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Love it. Well, Brian. good luck. Thanks for coming in. Great Thanks, to talk guys. to you, man. Thanks for coming Thank in. you. Okay. Coming up, why one BYU runner might consider not listening to her coach anymore. And uh, Jerem, has BYU basketball announced a new head coach yet? There may be some things brewing. Lots of reports. Details on the way. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with your headlines. And I'm going to start with this. There are reports surfacing all over the place that BYU basketball has hired a new head coach. His name is Mark Pulp from Utah Valley University. That they will hire. BYU has not announced anything yet. The Deseret News, Salt Lake Tribune, KSL, several sources saying that Mark Pope will be the next head coach at BYU. Now for some football. BYU linebacker Sony Takitaki has a private workout with the Miami Dolphins tomorrow. He's met with the L.A. Rams this week. And in the latest mock draft, ESPN's Mel Kuyper has Taki Taki going in the third round of the Indianapolis Colts. Jimmer Fredette played 13 minutes for the Phoenix Suns last night, finished with no points, two assists, four rebounds, and the Suns' 120-109 loss to the Mavericks in Dirk Nowitzki's final home game. Right fielder Brock Hale of BYU Baseball selected as a finalist for the 2019 Senior Class Award. Hale is ninth among Division I players in slugging percentage, 10th in on-base percentage. He and the Cougars host Pepperdine tomorrow at 8 Eastern. The game broadcast on BYU TV Digital, and you can listen on BYU Radio. And yesterday's softball game in Logan against Utah State was canceled due to weather. But the home opener is Friday against Pacific. You can watch the doubleheader live starting at 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Here we go. Multiple sources reporting that Mark Pope 
will be hired as the next head coach of BYU basketball. Dick Harmon of the Deseret News, Patrick Kennehan from the Zone Sports Network. I just told you about Sean Walker of KSL Sports. Jay Drew in the Salt Lake Tribune also went on that. If this is true, Jerem, what do you think? I think this is a great hire. I think this was probably the first choice when the news uh, came out a couple weeks ago that Dave Rose was retiring. Mark Pope left BYU after four seasons as an assistant coach to potentially be in position to get this job. He's been at Utah Valley the last four years. The last two years, that team has won 20-plus, and they finished in the top 104 in Ken Palm. This is a team that was a 250-plus, a bottom dweller in college basketball. Didn't take them to the NCAA tournament or even the NIL. IT per se, but elevated this program to the point where Jake Toulson was the player of the year, where they were contending with New Mexico State and Grand Canyon in the league. So if this indeed is the hire uh, for BYU, I think it is a, a tremendous hire, very gregarious, tremendous playing experience, has been in the ACC and the SEC and at BYU and now as, a, as an assistant and now as a head coach down the road for four years. To me, this is a really, really good hire. The white smoke is billowing from the Marriott Center, reportedly. Mark Pope to be the next head basketball coach at BYU, according to multiple sources. Again, let us confirm this is not official from BYU, but uh, it feels like it, it's imminent with how much of this is out there. Mark Pope is a guy that will recruit the heck out of all over the country to find the best and most willing to come to BYU and those that fit the mold. Like he is a great recruiter. He has great circles. He's a Patino guy. He's a national champion. He's a former NBA guy. That was a huge get for BYU. Yeah. You think one of the greatest three point shooters when all is said and done at BYU basketball ever. I worked closely with Mark Pope in the recruitment of Jabari Parker here and trying to get him, and ultimately he went to Duke, and, and I don't think anyone bats an eye at why he went there and not here. But, you know, multiple visits in the building and on campus and whatnot. So he is a very likable figure. He is a very energetic guy. He's a guy that will play into the TV and marketing side, which is exciting for us because uh, we'll be able to show you BYU basketball, perhaps, we'll see, in a way that maybe we haven't seen it before, which is exciting. But the thing that matters the most is winning on the court. And Mark Pope has improved a program that wasn't very good, and that's, the hope is that he can come into BYU with some good talent and elevate it and get it back into the NCAA tournament. Mark Pope going to get a lot out of T.J. Haas and Gavin Baxter and Connor Harding and Zach Sayas. He's going to do some good things with the covered. BYU's going to win 20 games, and they'll go to the NIT. That's he, going to happen. He was involved in their recruitment, by the way. That's going to happen. Because and, they've been years in the making, and Mark Pope was recruiting those exact guys. If he is the guy, and right now if this were an ESPN uh, basketball power index projection, it would be like 99.9% true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he's the guy... He's going to do some good things with what BYU has left over. And to BYU's credit, he's a hot commodity. He's a hot option for a lot of different people in the country. Mark uh, did some good things. He worked him. He worked his way into this position, um, and I would imagine that uh, the Cougars had to come with a lot. They had to come with a lot to get their guy because if he stays at UVU and potentially goes to the tournament and a Power 5 job opens up <laughs> – Mark Pope would be a no-brainer for a lot of these jobs. He could stay a little bit longer there and go somewhere else. To come to BYU, 
they had to ante up. And again, if this is all true, then credit to BYU for coming up with what they needed to go and get their guy. He has high aspirations because he's not a, a guy that played here. He played at Washington. He transferred to Kentucky. He won a national championship. He was in the NBA. So you, you'd think that he has some big aspirations. But guess what? He, if he's the guy at BYU, he's at BYU for a couple of years, and then we see what happens. According to Dick Harmon of the Deseret News, Pope's hire will be officially announced by BYU once team meetings with his players at Utah Valley University uh, and an introduction to BYU squad have taken place. So perhaps that happens today, and there could be, we'll see, an announcement tomorrow or you'd think no later than Friday. We'll see. This is the social media generation. So Isn't it awesome? It all leaks. We find out, and then the university makes it official, and we all tweet out, okay, now it's official. Well, from our end, because we are BYU. <laughs> we are BYU we Sports Nation. We wait. Which yeah. is why we're going to table this as reports, and if this is true. But, man, uh, it certainly feels like uh, this is a situation. And again, credit to BYU for going and getting their guy. They had to ante up, and apparently they've done it. To me, he was the most ready of the four sure. kind of final candidates, as reported by uh, Vanquish the Foe. He was ready. He's been a head coach for four years. He's elevated his program. Barrett Peary was a good option as well. Mark Matson hadn't been a head coach at the college level one year as a head coach. I th- and, and Quincy Lewis certainly waiting in the wings. I think the timing will be better for him down the road. Mark Pope, I, to me, was the number one choice here. We're in a situation where Quincy Lewis could very well go to Utah Valley University and take over the program there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I mean, see what he's opens up. clearly going to be uh, a candidate on the board given his locale and his backdrop and everything that's going on there. So I don't know. I'm excited to see how this local coaching carousel works if all of this goes through. Okay, coming up, she said, quote, I better frickin' win this. <laughs> Her name is Lauren Ellsworth. Not Ellensworth, people. She's going to tell us about the amazing 800 performance next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Wave at the camera, Lauren. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Two of the top four West Coast Conference baseball teams in BYU and Pepperdine begin a three-game series Thursday night at Miller Park. Watch Thursday on BYU TV Digital. That's the app or BYUtv.org. We're listening on BYU Radio starting at 8 Eastern tomorrow night. Our question of the day as we welcome you back into Studio B, wherever and however you're connected. Will, who BYU hires as the next head basketball coach, and it appears it is Mark Pope, Change your expectations for next season. So let's plug and play with Mark Pope at 86WI Cook says, I don't think it really matters which of the four is hired unless that new hire can actually make a change in the recruiting. Well, we think that Mark Pope will make an immediate change in that recruiting circle based on his connections. He continues, can keep guys all four to five years and not jump to Europe and player development increases. Don't see any real changes from where we have been the last four years unless those things Everyone happen. keeps saying to Europe, there's only one player that went to Europe. One went to the Middle East, right? Israel's not in Europe. Eric Mika to Europe, and then TBD for Yoli Childs, right. who I think is going to end up in the G League, quite yeah. honest. And that would be great, because yeah. uh, he could make his way to the, the association easier. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media, hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now in Studio B, her name is Lauren Ellsworth. She is a member of the top 20 ranked BYU women's track and field team. They are up four spots this week to number 19. She just put together a record 800 performance. The best 800 in the NCAA Incredible. this year. Incredible. Welcome to Lauren. Studio B. And, and to congratulate you, they uh, tweeted out the wrong name, Lauren Ellensworth, <laughs> okay? And uh, they 
<laughs> added it to an amazing interview. Well, okay, walk us through the interview you had after you put together the best 800 time in the NCAA. Well, he asked me well, where I was from, you know, and I was like, well, this is like my home. I've done this beat before, you know. And then he asked me, like, because right after I finished, I turned to my coach and I was like, sorry, I, <laughs> I didn't do what you said to do. And um, <laughs> he was like, so why did you do that? And I was like, oh, um, wait, I just figured I would um, tuck in, you know, just kind of win. I was very, very nervous for the race. And so coach gave me a very conservative race plan. And so it was good. It was calmed me down, so I didn't have to do anything. But um, and then I took the lead. And when I was talking to them about that, I was like, "Well, I guess I said some worthy things." (laughs) I think coach's part was coach doesn't like when I lose. (laughs) Yeah, and which coach are you referring to? Coach Dilgy Taylor. Yeah, Dilgy Taylor is one of our favorites. She's the best. Okay, so originally the plan was to, as you say, tuck in, meaning let someone else lead mm-hmm. and kind of just make your, make your push at the very end, right? Yeah, pretty much. But was it too slow? You're like, fine, I'll lead. Let's um, go? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I started going, and then um, my legs were going, and I, I had to either slow down and tuck in or just, like, run on the outside. And so I, instead I just sped up and took the lead. And then won. And then one, yes. And you, and in that moment, did you feel the pressure of, I better frickin' win yeah, this? Yeah, actually, as soon as <laughs> as soon as I took the lead, I was like, dang it, you know, like I took the lead at two hundred, so um, and it's, it's an eight hundred race, so two laps. Yes, two laps. So I took the lead at halfway um, around the first lap, and I was like, dang it, I have six hundred more meters of this, and if people start passing me. She's going to be disapp- like disappointed or upset with me, and so mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, I better freaking win this." <laughs> <laughs> and the you pressure, did. the pressure oh, pushed so, you through yes. the final six hundred meters. So it's not like you just win like a heat, right? Mm-hmm. You run your personal best, mm-hmm. and it's the fastest time in the NCA, and it's what the fourth fastest eight hundred in BYU history. Yeah, yeah it was fun. <laughs> so it was amazing. Did, yeah. Did you realize? I mean, when did you realize? Okay, I just ran the race of my life. Well. The end. <laughs> when you saw the time? So it took yeah, all the way to the end for yeah. you to think, wow, I just did something really special. Like, Dilgy yeah. won't be mad at me for this. Yeah, well, I was sitting there, and throughout, um, I f- crossed for the first lap, and then I was like, okay, I need, a, I need to kick it. I need to kick again. And then so, like, throughout the whole last lap, I was like, you need to speed up. You need to speed up. And then um, after I crossed the line, I heard my dad just scream. You know, I, could, I heard him so loud. And you could I was, tell it was your dad? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Were you looking at him or you just heard the noise? I heard the noise and I wanted and to celebrate it was your dad. with him. Yes, I knew it was my that's dad. That's awesome. And so I, I was like, yes, I actually, you know, I did it. Anyway. That's yes, really Yes, you cool. did. You did it. <laughs> Lauren Ellsworth of BYU Women's Track and Field just put together the best time in the 800 meters in the NCAA this year. That's amazing. I, I've always wondered why they put you into these situations where you have to do interviews after you've run what I think is like the most grueling race in all of track and field, the 800, that and the 400, I think are just brutal races. Mm-hmm. Can they give you like 10 or 15 minutes to collect your thoughts? But they're like, hey, you just won. What do you think? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how is that in that moment? Well, actually, they gave me a little bit of time because I was in the slow heat. Um, and then there was a heat afterwards. You were in the slow heat? Yeah, so there was like a, there really? was two faster heats. <laughs> and so um, I was in the slower of the two. No wonder you were kind of frustrated by the pace, right? You're yes, like, Hey, right? let's go. I should be in that heat, right? 
Yeah. Well, anyway, so I had some time. I she actually did get to cool down. Yes. I so that was you cooled down. That's yes, that's a good. Bit. Yeah, that's great. Um, what what's next for you in the outdoor season? Um, just continually. To, coach said, "Let's have fun." So have fun the rest of the outdoor season. You know, um, see what I can do. Continue to do. So. And this will probably get you into regionals, right? That yes. time. Yeah. By so, itself. 208 gets you into regionals. And and 202 would be just fine as well, yes, right? Yes, 202 would be just <laughs> fine. That'll work. That'll so, work. So do you feel like, based on the fact that you ran that time, that you could get to the NCAA championships? Is I, that a time that would get you to Hayward Field? Um, I hope so. Well, yes. If you could if do it again in regionals. I could do regionals. it at regionals, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so that's kind of the goal. Is Okay, do that again, right? Here's yeah. the thing. Just put pressure on yourself by taking the lead in that race and then thinking about Coach Taylor's and how disappointed she'll be if somebody passes you. <laughs> I love that. I love that of all the motivations it was. Uh oh, Diljeet. <laughs> I've abandoned the plan, and she's going to be angry if I yeah. don't win. <laughs> hey, people are motivated by different things, yeah, right? And exactly. It, and it worked. And it worked. What's your next race? Um, it's at Azusa, and I'll probably run the fifteen. I'm. I'll You're run. good on the eight hundred for yeah, a little while. For right now, yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Congratulations on everything. Thank you so really much. Exciting. Very cool. Very cool. Um, we need uh, the current NCAA leader in the 800 meters to sign our Sailor Coog flag. We would love oh, your okay. signature. Okay. And let's give you some karma for the 1500 in uh, yes. Azusa. Okay. Good luck. Okay. And thanks for coming on. Do I, do I know? Yeah, you can yeah. do it right now. Absolutely. Sign, sign that flag. It's going to take her less than two minutes and two seconds. We're going to be disappointed if you it. don't sign the flag. Yeah. All right. Coming up, did we have time for Dennis Pitta? I think everyone knows the answer. Oh, boy. And have you heard of Luke Andrada? Yeah, football Spe- commit. Speaking of, speaking of speed. Holy cow. Wait till you see what he did on the track. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Brian Keel and Lauren Ellsworth. Very entertaining. Won a boxer and one just found a way to win that race so she didn't disappoint her coach. Yep. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast or get episodes on demand on the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Basketball. Multiple news outlets are reporting BYU will hire Mark Pope as the next head coach of the men's basketball team, first reported by Dick Harmon of the Deseret News. Harmon says the announcement will take place after Pope has had a chance to meet with his Utah Valley team and meet the BYU players. Football. ESPN's Mel Kuyper in his most recent mock draft has Sione Takitaki going to the Indianapolis Colts in the third round. Woo! The former, linebacker, the former linebacker has a private workout with the Miami Dolphins tomorrow. He's already met with the L.A. Rams this week as well. Jimmer! Fredette played 13 minutes for the Phoenix Suns last night, did not score, had two assists, four rebounds, and the Suns' 120-109 loss in the Mavericks uh, win. Dirk Nowitzki's final home. Hmm. Baseball. Last night's game against Utah for the Batcats canceled due to weather. Boo! Probably better for the BYU RPI, honestly. Three-game series with Pepperdine starts tomorrow night at 8 Eastern on BYU TV's digital platforms, and you can listen on BYU Radio. Softball. Yesterday's game in Logan against Utah State was canceled due to weather. Cougars home openers Friday against Pacific. You can watch the doubleheader on BYU TV starting at 7 Eastern. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver, one for four with a run batted in in the Fayetteville Woodpeckers 7-2 win over the Frederick Keys in Class A Advanced Ball. Today's rise and shout-outs. For me, it goes to Luke Andrada in Pueblo, Colorado. BYU football commit. We talked to Lauren Ellsworth about her super-fast 800 meters. Watch what Luke did in the 100. Runs a 
0.54 and is just running away <laughs> from people. Like he's a full 10 meters in front of everybody else in the 100. Running back. BYU running back we'll commit. See how, he, how he fits into the group. Excited 18 about years him. young. He visited Studio B not too long ago. Luke Andrada burning his way on the track Whoops. in uh, Colorado. Well done, Luke. Mine goes to Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki. Both scored exactly 30 points on the same night so in their awesome. final home games. So awesome. And there was a tremendous video about uh, Dwayne Wade put out yesterday. Dirk Nowitzki had... Uh, he didn't actually announce it until last night. Mm-hmm. It was pretty obvious. But uh, great careers, Hall of Famers, NBA champions, great guys. Uh, it was pretty cool to kind of recognize them last night in their, in their final home games. <sighs> yeah, and and Dirt, Jimmer Dirt. Fredette was across on the other side in that game, right? So Jimmer was there. Yeah, Dirk got uh, super emotional when they showed a bunch of uh, work that he's charity done, work. charity work and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. <laughs> great stuff. Question of the day. Uh we now believe we know who the next BYU basketball head coach is. Mark Pope, according to multiple sources. Not official, but uh, we think it's going down. It's officially unofficial. Yes. How does it change your expectations for next season? At Colonel underscore James 83 answered when he didn't know that Mark Pope was going to be the guy, but he says, my expectations are still the same, a national championship. Just kidding. I'm hoping that whoever it is, Mark Pope, they initially can do well in recruiting and keep players for the full four years after that make progress in winning games that'll be a cultural thing that uh, perhaps could be different right can BYU keep its leading score um from other than graduating which if tj haas is the leading scorer as you pointed out he would graduate and BYU would lead for lose it for the fourth year in a row Ugh. but graduation is different right so mark pope's the guy uh now we know and now we proceed right a lot of work to be done let's get it done all right our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. Rob Frank's in on Instagram. Change always brings a higher level of optimism. Realistic or not, I am hoping for a better year than last. And what Assuming that you like to hire. What qualifies as a better year? Would one more win, like 20 wins, would you think it's better? No, making the NIT is better. You actually get into you the get into a tournament. season tournament. Something. Yeah, because BYU chose not to play in the CBI. You go from like BYU football, no bowl game, to a bowl game. So you feel like things are better. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry right. to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSA. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Saya Pope. I had to, right? 1980 BYU football alumnus. The Pope to BYU, huh? <laughs> the white smoke billowing well, from the Marriott well, Center. Well. See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation with more on the head coaching change. Go Kooks.